I'm Brooke Lamb. And I'm Lindsay Sampson. And this is Kismet, a podcast exploring the big and small moments in life that change us. We hope you find here an invitation to notice more fully the presence of love in your own life and receive the gifts of the stories of others. Thanks for listening. And welcome back to today's episode of Kismet. Today we have Alyssa DeTuro on the podcast. Hi, hi. Hello. I'm very so excited to have you. Would you give us just a little intro about who you yeah, are? Yeah, and- yeah. Uh, my name is Alyssa DeTuro. I have been in Nashville 10 years. I'm an early childhood educator and advocate, a neurodivergent mother of one, um, and of course, a black woman from the South, and uh, just a general, like, love being a live human and learning about others. We were discussing you coming on. I was just so excited because I know that, you know, both just personally, I'm excited to hear yeah. your story and the things you're passionate about, but specifically as well, just the nonprofit world that you swim in, <laughs> yes. like doing really amazing advocacy work that is wonderful, but also like really hard yeah, and like yeah. very unique challenges that come Absolutely. in that space. So. Yes. so when you think about sort of like your spiritual life, mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. looks yes. like, yes. maybe sort of where did you start? Like, did, did you have any sort of like spirituality or faith mm-hmm. tradition mm-hmm. growing up and then sort of like where are you at? Yeah. So my family was not extremely religious growing up. I think that's a blessing in some ways. I grew up in a really diverse area of Dallas-Fort Worth, and so I had friends that were from all over the world. One of my best friends was Kurdish. You know, we had people from Somalia, and so seeing other religions and how they worked was really helpful. But then a lot of my family is from the South, and as Black um, Southerners, of course, some uh, religion. I used to go to church sometimes with my aunt, But I think the favorite thing for me was just, like, the communal part. Like, I loved the fact that we ate afterwards. I loved singing. And then black church is fun. It's just way – so I liked the spiritualness of it. But I did not ever like the, like, rigidness of church. Um, And so I always tell people, like, God and I have a wonderful relationship. We talk regularly, but definitely always inviting in more spiritualness. Right. I do tarot cards. I'm very woo woo in that way, sitting um, with the universe and what it says and just knowing that the higher and the highest one like comes to us in all different forms and being open to that. When you have a spiritual practice that's really dear to you, like what does that yes. do in your yes. life? Like, So I use a lot of Julie Orliff's stuff. I don't know, Judith Orliff. She has these cards called the power of surrender. And so you can kind of pull them and they're really wonderful. So you can like, you know, surrender to intimacy, sexuality, surrender to your full power. So I'll typically pull those and then also journal just a journal prompt of the day that pops up on my phone to really see where I am. But that, I think, keeps me grounded and guided. And then, of course, I'm very into the, like, ancestral world. I always have been, even as a child. You know, when my great-grandma passed away, I knew before anybody told me. I've always just been more grounded in, like, that metaphysical area. And so sitting and really looking to see, like, what's coming to me versus pushing hard against the world. And I think that's been the biggest change is, like, knowing what is for me and what's actually already flowing to me from the universe versus pushing hard against it. Being attuned to what's already in existence, like yes. what's already, like the, yes. the flows or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Better, like that. And reminding everybody, like we are the universe encompassed in human form. And so what we need is inside of us, right? We already possess it. 
It's just we need to manifest it. And how does that look? How does that inform the work that you do? Yeah. So I left my previous center because I knew, like, I needed to be somewhere like McNeely. My previous center was all white. I had two brown children, my son and another. Um, And it was also a church-based center. And so right after the murder of George Floyd, as the only person of color on that staff, there was not a lot of conversation that was being had. And I knew right in my soul that this wasn't the place for me. These children had the right advocates in place. They could afford childcare. Their parents were paying full price. They go on wonderful trips. But what McNeely didn't have at the time was an advocate. Their executive director was an older white woman. She was moving out. And I almost didn't apply for the job. I was like, I'm not qualified to be an executive at this point. You know, whatever. This center's a lot larger, right? Trying to convince myself of all the reasons this wasn't for me. But I went on the tour and immediately felt so aligned with them and the mission. We know that early literacy and children are the most important thing. That's how we dismantle this world that we live in. I get goosebumps. We do a lot of justice work with our kids. What's fair? What's not fair? And how do you advocate for others? That is why we do the work that we do. Because when I see them, it makes a difference. And again, right, like that's the universe manifesting itself through the children. I don't know how anybody can look at them and not see joy, purity, and really what we are supposed to be in the world, (laughs) right? Like in the dirt, amazed at everything that is just happening around us. I tell people it's really hard to lose your sense of wonder for the world and the universe when you are with children because everything is amazing to them. I used to, you know, have different interpretations of like Jesus saying, be like the children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and now I think we talked about this on the podcast before of just like, oh, no, he's not saying like, be like this obedient little child because children are not like he's saying like, like the the essence of who these children are naturally, like nobody has to teach them how to have wonder. Nobody has to teach them how to have a generous heart for other people. And does that always look like? you know, capitalist society says it should? No, but Mm -hmm. like, why does it have to? Right. It's so beautiful to see it in action. You know, I tell people, you know, when you see little kids regulate, like a four-year-old that can say, I'm really frustrated, I need to take a break, or I'm really sorry, I didn't say that kindly. That, right, that's that systemic change that matters. It's it's so goosebumpy when you see it, or watching a four-year-old play with a 90-year-old, and them both get something out of that right like that is what we're supposed to be doing on earth is just pouring into each other and I know people a lot of my friends are like oh my gosh you're so high you know a bumblebee is like my animal my spirit animal but I'm like if you understood what I see every day these little scientists these little engineers like our future little politicians and strong women in this class it would make you so energized every single day to get up one of our really good friends that babysits, their pronouns changed and what they would prefer to be called. And at four, my kid was like, okay. Yeah. Like, this is what it is now. Yeah. Okay, no problem. It's the adults that are like, well, how are we going to talk about this with the children? I'm like, you, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. Yeah, my son, the other night, <laughs> we had a couple friends over and they're two women, they're engaged. And he's five. And so he's kind of at that age where like, he's starting to hear influence from peers. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, you know, cause we know what we've taught him, which is that 
any yes. two adults. Yes. Or any any adult any adults, love is love, right? Right. But I know also that he's he's in yes. the South and he's yes. in a school and he's like already hearing mm-hmm. he's hearing things. Same and so with mine. I was kinda like exploring with him. Um, did you remember that, you know, our friends Miss So and so and Miss So and so are getting married and he said, What? That's gonna like knock me over or something. And I like kinda had a thought like <laughs> Oh, did he hear like a homophobic message or like what? What's this yeah. is where my jaded mind went. Yeah, he went, Mom, that's so beautiful mm-hmm. and it's so much love that my eyes are gonna turn into hearts. Yes, and I'm gonna fall over. Yes, if you are a person who is in the fight against any injustice, you need to be working with kids, interviewing them, working with them, talking to them, doing research, playing with them, reading to them. Because it's important to them to see that other adults are invested in them, especially if they don't have safe adults at home or if they live in an environment. You know, I have some teens that I mentor. Their parents aren't as progressive in a lot of ways. So they have to know that they have a support system and other adults that are doing that work because our family system is so influential. So tell us. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. (laughs) I want to hear you what you say. Yes, go. Do you want to tell your story? That's it. I was going to say. Great. So great. If you guys are like me, at the end of the day, after working with clients and being with my kiddos and just the busyness of the day, I love to relax with my husband and we like to watch shows that we both can get into. And particularly, I wanted to share about Prime Video. Amazon has been producing some really amazing content for the last several years. Some of the shows that we're enjoying right now, we really are loving The Power. I'm watching that one. So many interesting themes about patriarchy and women in the world. Really fascinating dystopian look at what would happen if sort of the power dynamics in this world are flipped on their heads. And there's so many other ones. So if you haven't yet tried Prime Video, we are able to get you a free trial for Prime Video. So if you want to try it out, see if there's any shows on there that you connect with, have access to tons and tons of content, you can go to kismet-podcast.com slash Amazon, kismet-podcast.com slash Amazon to sign up for a free trial there. And I hope you guys can find some enjoyable stuff to watch. Thanks for listening. Uh, Back to the show. So when I was working at the other preschool, that's when I realized... One, there were a lot of adverse childhood experiences happening during the pandemic, right? Like I could see within our families and our kids, there was a lot happening. But more importantly, I also had been in therapy for a long time and I knew like I had a lot of aces. (laughs) I have a lot of aces. And after looking at that, I realized I'm like, oh, I can mitigate more adverse childhood experiences for the children that actually need me and my personal experience if I am somewhere more important and so I decided to get my infant mental health endorsement uh, during the pandemic so I could work more with families that are experiencing those specific crises and so that for me was life-changing like being at McNeely and being being able to use my personal story of trauma right and not hiding it anymore that's really hard right that strong black woman trope I'd done that until two, three years ago, um, and finally was like, I need more help than I'm just, like, talking to my therapist. I have to tell my story. I have to come forward with things and really process them, or I'm not going to be able to do what I really want to do. 
right? Like, I can't talk about, like, hey, let's dismantle ACEs and, oh, it's really okay if you have ACEs without being like, no, guys, I'm, like, eight out of ten of these and here's how I can operate in the world or, right, getting an official autism diagnosis at 30 was so helpful, so helpful as a woman. I was like, oh, this is why I operate this way and I can use that to my good, right? Like use those powers. Like we said, our neural spicy powers for good and not always see that they're bad. Real quick, I just want to pause you and ask, would you please tell everyone what McNeely is? So McNeely Center for Children is a preschool in East Nashville. We serve kiddos six weeks to five years old and we have been there since 1916. We have 4.16 beautiful acres. You can see downtown like the skyline, you can see the Titan Stadium and Top Golf. So it is just this little special gym in the middle of the city. We've got a monarch garden, and that's fun. Then we've got pear trees, fig trees, and then we planted 65 trees last year with Tennessee Valley Authority. So really trying to help that canopy downtown. But again, some of our children, that is their safe place to play, especially with River Chase gone. And again, that kismet moment of just like knowing that my voice is powerful as a woman of color, right? For so long, I was told like, you need to be quiet, you need to assimilate. I mean, we saw that with Justin Jones and Pearson that they're like, just assimilate and you'll be fine and you'll get along great here. I don't know how many times I've been told that. But then bravery is the only thing that moves us forward, right? That please be quiet and keep the status quo is how we've ended up, you know, in, what, 200-plus years practically destroying millennia of the earth. So we have to be able to, even when it sucks and you're being berated and you're the not necessarily the martyr, but saying, I will be the voice for those that are voiceless and it's important to not shut up. And, yeah, part of my kismet moment was understanding I have such a powerful voice I'm incredibly intelligent, I'm very well-spoken, and people like us have to be in the fight, or the stereotype continues. What was that moment or, like, moments, experiences Mm. that helped you to move into that space? Really, honestly, everything at the last church that I worked at. I loved childcare. I loved my center, but working with an all-white church that was just not willing to do the work to see where they were really the problem was hard um and I realized like this is just not the environment for me to grow and for me to get to the next level I'm just gonna have to leave these people behind and it hurts there is a loss there's a huge loss I lost my church community friends that had been there having to lose some of those family connections that I had had with the families for five years getting them through the pandemic and really understanding that some people you thought loved you don't That's the hardest thing about really realizing you're ready for the next step and, like, you have a bigger purpose in life is that there's always people left behind. And that's okay. It's still hard and a loss, but you have to know, again, like, what your higher purpose is and that if nobody, like, right, I'm driving this bus, you can get on it or you can get off of it, but I have to stay on my clear path because it is what I've been given to do. The moment I knew I had to leave and I was like, I just, yeah, I will have to continue to dismantle my relationship with church and just white people in church. The pastor at my previous church, she got really upset with me and threw her keys at me. And I remember thinking, 
yeah, this is not a safe place for me in the sense that like, is this my higher calling to be, you know, berated and bullied into things? Or is my higher calling to, to do my own thing? So in a moment of conflict, she like lashed out yeah. at you. Yeah. And what happened inside you in that moment? Oh, I, it was literally like a switch, right? Immediately, I was like, I do not want to be here anymore. This doesn't make sense. We don't have to do this, right? And then also understanding, right, like as a black person, I don't owe anybody anything. And so I don't have to play into this system anymore. That's so freeing. Yeah. I'll just go where I'm needed and wanted, right? And so being at McNeely where we get to do the anti-racist work that we want to do with our kids, work with the social emotional aspect, work with partner agencies that understand us. It is so fulfilling for the last two years to get to go somewhere that is so just full of like love and appreciation and color, right? In all the ways, like not as, I mean, the church was very bland, no offense to them, like the color in every way somewhere that's colorful, full of diversity, seeing all of our children and even the white families that are with us that are like, we're doing this work. Like we want to be here because we're doing the work and we're not afraid of that. That is what keeps me going because I know that a lot of these children will grow up in a different world, right? The level of bullying and racism that these children are going to experience will be a lot lower because of what the work we all are doing with these kids. Like I, I get so many goosebumps when I think about having a wonderful doctor when I'm older that just, right, they're inclusive, they ask your pronouns, they understand you. Like what I'm hearing is this, like, integration of your full self yes. to not have to, to stay in this place where you are asked to being to be in cognitive dissonance all the time yes, yes. and to be fully able to embody, like, yes. all of your values and yeah. all of who you are in your work, which is personally fulfilling, but then also like societal change yes. and like redemptive and healing. And it's for so, generations. I'm so lucky. I tell like, it's a blessing that the pandemic happened. I was wanting to leave that job, but then I couldn't because I knew it was not the right time to transition for my families. Right. Like there was no way as the director I needed to leave, but that gave me the time to go back to school, um, get that infant mental health endorsement and do that work on myself and get cl- like really understand my staff get close with them you know I was able to bring a couple of them with me to McNeely and understand my family's needs that was a really good time of research and depth to really figure out where we are um, in the like child care landscape in Nashville and how to move forward so I knew I was stuck there in this kind of hard place but also I was like I can use this opportunity to like grow and get to where we want to be next and it's been amazing right I mean McNeely is thriving could not say that two years ago. The morale was really low. The teachers were tired. They did not have the upper management support that they needed to right, do the systemic work they want to do. They know that these children need right social-emotional learning. They know they need to have these tough conversations about what is happening in the world, but they didn't have the support to do it. To see our families say, you know, we feel so safe here. We feel included children that come in dresses, children that use different pronouns. That, for me, is, like, a special little community, right? I'm, like, it's our own little special neighborhood, I call it. The fact that my son's kindergarten teacher is, like, he is so well-regulated, and so he plays with everybody. He's so kind. He checks in on those that are struggling. That, to me, is, like, 
it's great he does well academically, but that, that is a systemic change, right? If you're enjoying the content that you're hearing here today, we would absolutely love the privilege to be able to make more podcasts for you and create more content that draws you deeper into relationship with yourself and more awareness of love in your life. Um, And if these stories and these conversations are doing that for you, please go to our our website, kismet-podcast.com slash support. It would mean the world to us for you to rate and review us. There also is a place you can donate to a fund that we have purely so that we can cover our operating costs. Also just want to um, acknowledge the people who you don't see or hear rather who've helped create these podcasts. Ben Oksher is um, our editor. He's done just a fantastic job of um, helping everything flow together and sound a lot more seamless to you all than it did to us when we originally recorded it. Ariana Evans, who lent me all of her (laughs) equipment as I was beginning to figure out how to even do this podcasting thing. It's been such a learning adventure. My husband, Jake, who has supported us in uh, allowing us to use this closet. Literally, we record in our closet in our bedroom at our house, so. (laughs) And just his support and all of our friends and family who have been excited for us as we've done this fun, creative thing. So if you feel so led, if you feel inclined, if this has been a positive place for you and you want to contribute to creating more, uh, you can do that on our website on the support Kismet link. Thank you so much for listening. And it's like you said, it's like the children are born and, and sort of they come out so good and so <laughs> yes, kind yes, and so generous. Yes, we do it. We become like uh, troubled and troubling adults yes. when we have like we we create those protective layers yes. to like protect ourselves from yes. the world around us. And when you just like have a few years in early childhood of just being like, okay, you actually don't have to create those protective mm-hmm. layers mm-hmm. yet. Like you're actually safe and yes. good. Yes. Like the world is hard enough. Yes. So if you could be in a place where during the day it's like there are just fewer things that you have to battle against that are not real. And how many people don't have a regular safe place even as an adult, right? Um, When you think about, uh, this is a question that we ask everybody and it's, it's sort of the like, you know, like tying a bow on this little experience of like, you had this moment of like, oh, my life could look different. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the impact that I could have in this world could be different. And like through a series of like, they say slowly and then all at once. Like yep. these little experiences happen and then all of a sudden you're like, you tumble into this yes. new like becoming. When you think about that experience, I'm going to say a sentence like, the universe is so much more blank than I realized. Mm. Oh, yes, the universe is so much more expansive and optimistic than I realized. I am not a very defeatist person in general. I'm, I very much believe in the goodness of humans and the universe manifesting itself through us appropriately right we do a lot of harm to each other and I think if we could all really remember how expansive this universe is outside of us and this rock that we live on because y'all how the heck do we all get here and these planets and like why is it all so big and why does it keep expanding I love that I love expansive and optimistic thank you for that because I do think that so this is really kind of the I think part of the purpose of why we're doing this podcast is we, we want people to really slow down and be able to witness experiences like the yeah. one you had because there is so much 
defeatism and discouragement and hopelessness. And like all those feelings are valid mm-hmm. and they're allowed because there's a lot of crap yeah. and pain. Yeah. And through your experience of suffering and loss yeah. in the, in that difficult experience, yeah. who you are, the life within you right. was able to emerge more fully right, and grow. And yeah. I think, I think that's the thing. And so I do a lot. I mean, I read a lot, a lot, a lot of books. And that's really the biggest thing, right? Anybody who's has, you have to push through that pain. And it's hard. That's a hard thing for us to do as humans. We don't like pain. Nobody likes pain. We try to avoid it at all costs. And so it's easier for us to sit where we know it's not good for us. And then the uncomfortability of whatever it is, then move past it. Because what if we actually, right? What if you actually really fully bloom and emerge? That's also scary, like, we all are like, yeah, we want to meet this highest version of ourselves, But that's also a terrifying thing. But also, what are we gaining? Right? I've been listening to Renaissance a lot to remind myself, like, we got to get to this next level. Right? Because Beyonce wouldn't just, right? She wouldn't let people yell at her and be disrespectful. And sometimes, right, we got to channel that inner whoever it is. So you mentioned you read a lot of books. Oh, gosh, so is yes. there a book or two books that you would like most strongly recommend maybe someone who is like not as familiar with some of the things, you know, we've been talking about mm, today yeah, um, and yeah. maybe wants to explore them a little yeah, bit. Let's pull up that good old Goodreads really fast. So, I mean, I just finished all the white friends I couldn't keep. And that is a really good book by Andre Henney about just dismantling right, like his place of this is all the times I really held myself back. And then like um, he does a lot of performance art. And so the book is talking about like when I did this performance art piece, this is how it elevated me. So again, a similar kismet book of him just being like, Hey, once I dismantled all this stuff, I was able to like become an author and an artist. I love the Trayvon generation. It's a really quick read, but it's about a lot of the children that um, have grown up in this era of police brutality in general and what that looks like just across race and how that impacts them and how they interact with the police and then platonic how the science of attachment can help you make and keep friends it's been a really wonderful book as I've tried to figure out like dismantling people pleasing and like narcissism within friend groups and that and like healthy friendship and then of course set boundaries find peace Mm -hmm. that's always a good one yes (laughs) get the workbook too if you need if you need a replacement for the uh evangelical boundaries book that is always floating out there which has some helpful principles but also a lot of not helpful ones set boundaries find peace yes fantastic i love set boundaries find peace and i know she has a new one coming out but the workbook with that one is very helpful there's so many like oh wow yeah you why do that yeah i'm like oh i have no boundaries great I am Swiss cheese around here. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, this is so fun. And thank you for listening to this, this week's episode of Kismet. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see you, next, you next, week. next week. This must be.